KYW Original Podcasts. For more stories about the coronavirus pandemic in Philadelphia, subscribe to KYW In-Depth on the Radio.com app or wherever you listen to podcasts. The coronavirus pandemic from KYW In-Depth. I'm Matt Leon. Okay, so we are continuing our discussion on how the COVID-19 pandemic uh, could change things on a smaller level, uh, day-to-day, stuff like that. We talked to a professor of marketing in the first episode. Now we're going to talk to Heidi Rose, professor and chair of the communication department at Villanova University, and get her thoughts on what maybe we could see going forward. So during the course of the last couple of weeks, we've talked about kind of this moment in history with this pandemic and how it could change things, thinking on kind of the big scale politics, you know, economic stuff like that. But do you think we could see societal change on a smaller scale, but like things that affect us more day to day as far as like kind of human interaction, stuff like that? I do, actually. I've been thinking about it a lot, especially on my daily walks with my dog, which is a ritual, right? It's a social ritual. It's something that encompasses um, every morning and every evening. And even in my neighborhood, I've noticed changes in the way that people make eye contact or don't make eye contact. Uh, And I've been talking to some friends who live in the city. Uh, I live in Balakinwood. and, um, And so that notion of eye contact and engagement is different and I've been thinking about how in some ways the crisis that's happened has has seemed to maybe make people operate in a kind of reversal so one example of that is in my neighborhood there are people out all the time Uh, there are sidewalks everywhere there are two schools right nearby so kids walk to school and so I know a lot of people in the neighborhood and I might not know them by name but I definitely say hello we say hey how you doing um And I've noticed that over the past 10 days, especially, people are almost wanting to become invisible. So even with the six or eight feet of social distance, they don't want to make eye contact. If I if it's somebody that I know, there will be a hello. If it's somebody I'm not as familiar with or don't know at all, uh, I've noticed that people are avoiding eye contact. And I think I think it's indicative of this of, of fear and maybe fear that that the eye contact will potentially uh, lead to some sort of engagement in conversation, which people don't want to do right now. However, talking to some of my friends who live in different parts of Philly, they said that there's been an opposite where, where in the past people wouldn't acknowledge each other on the street. There would be, you know, just the, the avoidance of eye contact or, you know, people are just going their, their way, they're doing their thing. Uh, now there's almost a need to make some kind of connection. And so there's more of a, how's it going? Uh, oh, nice dog, you know, that sort of thing, not a huge conversation. And again, the respect for the social distancing, but uh, more of a need for connection. So I'm curious about what will happen when, when we are through all of this and uh, how people will go back to those sorts of interpersonal social rituals, just, you know, in, you know, in neighborhoods, um, taking walks and, the other thing that I've been thinking a lot about, um, which I'm sure everybody has, um, are things like the, you know, the social ritual of the handshake. And I, I actually think that it could take a long time to come back. I think that people are, uh, are going to, are going to be nervous 
the handshake is something that's supposed to inspire trust, uh, positive connection, you know, an introduction of self that, you know, we've always been told, you know, from growing up, you have a nice firm handshake and that, and that inspires confidence. And it says that you're comfortable with who you are and you're engaged with this other person, um, interpersonally, professionally. Uh, and I, I wonder now if maybe we're going to have to come up with some other ways to convey that, you know, we are innovators. We'll come up with new, new and different ways to communicate. Actually, my, um, my eye doctor introduced the elbow bump to me maybe eight or nine years ago. I had never seen it before, but uh, he immediately said, no, I don't shake hands. We'll do the elbow bump. And he was goofy and funny about it. And, and I thought, huh, okay, well, that makes sense. I understand that. So that might be something that, uh, that grows. I, I, I could see where we might have to change that. How about, routines with regards to work and such we've got so many people working at home do you think uh we have people that in the going forward even if this is over will face-to-face meetings i mean there's still going to be some but do you think they'll they'll go down do you think we will see more working from home on a grand scale i'm not sure it's you know i it's funny i think that as human beings we we always tend to go to extremes before we come back to find some kind of moderate or some kind of middle ground. So for example, when things like video conferencing became available, when technology allowed this to even be a reality, you know, people jump on that bandwagon and think, Oh, this is so great. There's going to be no more face-to-face meetings, no more travel. Everyone's going to really, uh, you know, be able to do the video thing and business will, will take place and classes are going to go on online and higher ed has changed forever. Uh, and we found that that's, you know, not necessarily the best way to go, right? There's face-to-face necessity and in-person physical connection that is still perceived to be the best way to maintain relationships, build and maintain relationships, whether that's in a classroom setting, an educational setting, or a business setting. So I I don't think that we're going to go full-fledged work at home. However, I do think that we're recognizing um, and are incredibly grateful for the fact that so many people can work from home right now. Not everybody is so lucky, right? But those who can are able to keep a sense of some sense of, of normalcy, uh, some sense of moving forward, um, some job security and, and some connection, you know, I, but I, I do, I see even, you know, as a, as a professor, um, I'm, as chairperson, I, I only teach one class per semester, so I'm teaching my one class online, and it's it's challenging. This and the students miss it. You know, there there are some ways in which uh, a virtual environment works just fine, and we're all becoming again more innovative, creative, finding ways to make these platforms work because communication can work in many many different ways, but it has to be adapted, it has to be adjusted, and and same in the business world. Um, but my hunch is that when this passes, we are going to be incredibly grateful to get back into some in-person contact. I think there might be a long time before our reliance on or our taking for granted the the global kinds of connections that we have. That might take a while to get going again. You know, we, we have taken for granted that you can fly anywhere in the world, anywhere in the country to conduct business or to study or to, you know, to travel just for, for personal enrichment. Uh, we 
I think that might take a while to get back going because we're going to be um, we're going to be a little fearful, and we're also going to recognize um, some of those limits. But I don't think the value of the in-person connection is ever going to go away. I think we're going to find that balance again uh, because we are social beings, and I truly think from a communication perspective, we become ourselves. We become who we are through our communication with others. And of course, communication can happen many, many different ways. So we're on the phone right now. There's, there are these, you know, there, there's all sorts of um, ways that we can feel that connection, but the in-person has no substitute. So I don't think it'll go away, but I think it might take a while for us to feel comfortable with it and to bring it back. I do want to add, though, that I think some of the some of the in-person is going to um, come back with a, a tremendous burst of energy. So our ability to, you know, spend time with loved ones uh, who we haven't been able to be in close proximity with, um, dear friends, you know, all of that. There's and and need for closure on the the kinds of social rituals that have had to be put on hold in different ways, like like mourning the loss of someone um, and celebrating a wedding, you know, things like that, like those, those uh, deeply important in-person connections are going to come back really strongly. And, um, and the, the work, you know, I think will also, because I think people are going to miss being in person. Also uh, this, you know, the, in terms of, um, who we are in the world and how the, the different kinds of selves that we perform every day, both consciously and unconsciously, we are faced now with uh, those of us who are, who are at home living with other family members. And if we are all working and or studying. So for example, right now um, I'm working from home. My husband is working from home. We have two college age students, kids who are um, back living in the house. And so everybody's studying or working. And this is not something that we're used to doing. So the kind of uh, selves that get to be explored in the world that are different from the selves that are enacted at home are now all bumping up against each other in all sorts of really interesting ways. And, uh, you know, we're all constrained in the one space, sharing these selves or, or constraining these selves in ways that aren't, the, you know, what we have come to experience as normal. So just a really quick example, one of a couple of my students, when we connected online last week, said they love their families and they like being at home, but they actually feel like they're back in high school because they're taking classes, they're studying, they've got homework, they've got papers, they've got exams, but they're in college and yet they're living that, that college academic life, but back at home. And so it's, it's made them jump right back into that kind of high school self that feels, um, you know, that feels really awkward and unnatural. And I'm sure the same thing could be said for the, you know, for the parents. So these different constraints, there are, there are great things that can come from, being able to explore family meals together in a way that uh, maybe had been shoved aside, you know, so it was easy to grab takeout. It was easy to, you know, to go to a restaurant. Um, and now we, we have to do way more cooking at home and there's great joy in that. And I know that's been out in the news quite a bit, but 
we are in some ways limiting the way that that we can explore who we are because we don't have the connection to our 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 coworkers, our colleagues in the workspace itself, right? We have to do all of that within our homes. Um and so it's it's vastly different and you know and I think is looked at in some ways as a loss. Is there in like an off the radar way you think our society will subtly change that we're not we can't see now but 5 10 years from now we'll look back and go, "Huh, I never would have thought that X would have come out of that." My optimistic self would say that potentially people will revalue the uh, the in-person contact, the in-person conversation, the in-person relationship building and maintenance. So people for whom screens are their main form of or a primary form of communication, you know, so people who are texting all the time, people who are um, on social media all the time, people who maintain their connections via what they see, you know, what they're what what they're seeing in Instagram or, um, you know, on Facebook, et cetera. I, I think there might be uh, a revaluing of what it means to be in person as much as possible. Obviously, if you if your only means of connecting with someone is, um, you know, it's because it's long distance, you're not going to get the in person. But maybe you'll pick up the phone more. And for the the college world, you know, I'm I'm always in my classes, and I know I'm not alone in this. Always having conversations that are connected to our our, our coursework, where students are bemoaning the fact that they only connect with others on um, on their phones or on other kinds of screens. So they bemoan it, and yet that's their default, and that's what they do. And they bemoan the fact that they don't get to know people, um, you know, in, in their classes or in and around unless they're thrown together in a particular group project or it's an a organization they're involved in on campus, but that they're that, you know, that you go to a, a particular dining hall or you go anywhere and everybody's just, you know, they're on their phones. They're not looking at each other. They're not connecting. So they bemoan it and they do it. And I think that maybe one outcome of this is that there will be more um, let's actually talk, connect in person and value that that in-person dialogue. Yeah. And, and perhaps also being more more intentional and more mindful of how the particular medium of communication really matters. So we have these this range at our fingertips, which is great, uh, and it gives us options, but we're going to be, instead of saying, oh, yeah, let's just, you know, let's just uh, jump on Zoom, or, yeah, let's do this over FaceTime, or, you know, yeah, let's set up this meeting in person, or, uh, you know, whatever it might be, that we might be getting to a point where we're more mindful and intentional of how the communication can and the the goals of the communication can be best achieved through that particular form instead of thinking that it's all going to be roughly the same. And certainly everybody across this country who is uh, who's teaching online now recognizes both the the strengths and the limitations and adaptation. So I, I hope that across personal, professional, of all professional lives, this might be, as we look back, however many months or years, that we'll look back and realize that we've been able to become more mindful of those choices and that they are choices uh, that we can make to um, to facilitate the most effective communication possible. Do you think there's a chance we become a bit of a, 
I don't know if softer is the right word, but uh, a, a more empathetic society and stuff like that because this this kind of cuts across everything and maybe there becomes a little more appreciation of what everybody is dealing with, if, if I'm making sense in getting this across. Sure. I, I certainly hope so. I certainly hope so. Empathy is gaining that that sense of the other it's kind of it's what makes us human right it's it's we are social beings and as i said before we really become who we are we develop our sense of self through our communication with others and that um recognition that we are all impacted by something that nobody has control over this nobody is you know it it, it erases lines of difference in all sorts of ways, although it also highlights a lot of different positions in life and life experiences. But yeah, I mean, I would hope, I would hope that we become a more, a kinder community. And, you know, and it's interesting, I I do think that the people that I've run across in my neighborhood who seem to avoid eye contact, I don't think that that's coming from, I don't know, it's not coming from a place of malice. I think it's coming from a place of self-protection and, you know, concern for self and other. My gut feeling was that some people just want to melt away and like be invisible because they want to be out, but they don't want to endanger themselves or anyone else. But it's not coming from a place of malice. I think it's, it's coming from fear and concern and that when we come out of this, we're, you know, I, I, I hope having more empathy for, for all of us. That's it for this episode of KYW In-Depth Coronavirus. For more stories about the coronavirus pandemic here in the Philadelphia area, or if you want to know how what you see or hear on the news is going to change your own life or your own routine, then subscribe to the KYW In-Depth podcast. Search for KYW In-Depth on the Radio.com app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. My name is Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.